action. Hello and welcome to another episode of Your Average Critics, joined as usual by Obi and Chris. How are you guys? I'm all right, mate. How are you? Good, thank not you. Not too bad. Not too bad. Uh, we could actually all meet up in person and still be within the rules, although actually maybe we'd be two separate households. Is hmm. it households again? Don't know, really. I'm going to get a, bit, a little bit confused. Maybe I could uh, meet up with Obi, quarantine at his house for two weeks. And after that point, meet you. <laughs> Is that right, Obes? Yeah, mate, you're more than welcome. Cool, see you tomorrow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but we are, we are podcasting again. This one's probably going to be a bit more of a TV focus, um, considering cinemas came back and oh, apart from Tenet and The New Mutants, not, nothing else has really been released. Oh. Uh, and it's looking like that's unlikely to... Uh, you know, change anytime soon. So maybe, uh, maybe no time to die should just die and oh, wow. go straight to DVD. They did release That's a second trailer for it, but I, don't know I heard, and I don't know if it's true, that Sony have basically said that they're not going to release anything for cinema until lockdown's lifted because they looked at Tenet's box office numbers and and we're like, ugh. I mean, Tenet's made maybe, what, just under $200 million worldwide, which, considering we're in a global pandemic, ain't too bad. How much do they spend on it, though? Probably about $200 million plus marketing costs. But, I mean, I don't know what they expected. You're not going to expect everybody to flock back to the cinemas, considering cinemas are going to be, at most, a third fall. Yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I think they were hedging their bets on their thing being, like, oh, yeah, we're going to be the only film out, so everyone's going to come and watch us kind of thing, which, to be honest, was a risky approach. But, like, if it was a film that uh, didn't have such a high budget, you'd think, okay, yeah, this might work, come off. But in order for them to make a profit, they probably have to make, like, half a billion at least. <laughs> to be fair, all they have to do yeah, now is, is re-release it, don't they? Yeah, true. Yeah, and, and I think I've said before, it's one of those films that demands you watch it more than once because it's so much to unpick. Um, and I don't think we've actually spoken since I saw it a second time. So I don't know if either of you have seen it a third or a second. I haven't. Nope. I wanted to say, there's someone who I follow on Twitter who's gone to watch it five times, and I was like, it's not that good. Go and see it five times. <laughs> I mean, it's one of those films. Um, it's two and a half hours long, but it doesn't feel that long um considering it did i watched well well not to, i mean i enjoyed it enough to that it flew past i mean there's that film on netflix called um i'm thinking of ending things and that's two hours 15 and that felt like it was you know the why artist. in god's name would you watch a film that was that title um i don't know it was just it's charlie kaufman he's done like he's a quite a quirky screenwriter and director he did like um that one with jim carrey and kate windsor eternal sunshine of the spotless mind um but i mean it's one of those films where you think the title you know the meaning of it in my eyes is how the audience member feels after watching it because i was considering like why did i do that um so that's my short summary of that film is a complete fucking waste of time um yeah don't watch it 
And I know, Obi, you attempted to watch it because of all the negative feedback, but don't yeah, do it. Always. Oh, yeah, I'll, 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 two hours, 15. If it was under two hours, I think I'd do it. But it's 15 a, minutes, that's not for me. It's, it starts off like quite interesting because it's basically a woman and her boyfriend who are going to visit her boyfriend's family for the first time. And then they get there and then the, the parents like keep aging every scene to the point where like one they're in like they're bedridden and stuff and you're like oh there's something weirdly psychological going on here and they keep referring to her as different names and with different professions mm. so i thought it was going to be a bit sort of like psychological thriller type thing um but then it just turns out that it's all in her boyfriend's mind and then there's a impromptu dance kind of performance at the end and an animated pig and you're like right it's a bit too high concept for me one of those films that makes you feel stupid and you're like i need an art history degree or something to understand this but, hey ho i hope you got some film news i do well i, I would show a few things that i want to talk about um so i don't know if either you know i'm assuming you both do but uh, basically chris evans um had <laughs> <laughs> he had one of his nudes um, uh, uh, leaked and stuff over the internet. Um, by himself. And, why was it by himself? Did you do Yeah. Joker. Um, but like, what I want to talk about basically is that when I was like, I saw that he was trending, and I was just like looking at the thing. I didn't see any of the, I didn't see any of the pictures. I didn't see anyone asking for the pictures. All I saw was people saying, "You need to respect Chris Evans." Uh, don't show, don't show the pictures, don't share the pictures, blah 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 blah. So, I want to ask you guys, why is that <laughs> never the case when it's a woman who's who's mentally? I think there's a fundamental reason for that, Obi. Um, but even this... funny enough, though, I saw loads of women as well. I'm assuming straight women. I don't know. They could be, could be not. But they even them were saying. <laughs> yeah, don't um, don't share the news. Da, da, da. So our men just pieces of shit. <laughs> yeah, essentially. I mean, I did see a lot of like thirsty people on Twitter being like, "Yes, I knew, I knew he was, you know, um, I, I knew he had a Thor's hammer sort of thing." But um, I mean, maybe maybe there's just a shifting culture and people are now a lot more respectful online. I don't know. Whose background noise is that? I don't know. What noise is it? Okay. Yeah, it's me. It's mechanical or something. Oh, okay. Um, uh, mechanical. No, the mechanical one's not me. Well, I don't I mean, think. I, I don't know. It just sounds awful. <laughs> well, it's going to um, be in the. It's going to be in the thing. Then hold on, hold on. Let me. It's cool. If I let me come off the call and then if it's still there, well, and you know it's it. me. Just mute until I don't know. It, it's gone now anyway, so that's cool. Um, but yeah, didn't he he then used it. He said, um, "Now that I've got your attention, vote." <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is which is smart, I suppose. Um, but yeah, I just found it curious. Like, obviously, as soon as like it's a female, like especially a popular female, whose nudes are leaked, like everyone's like, "Oh, yeah, send me the link, send me the link." Da, da, da. So yeah, I don't know. I just find it funny. Um, so another thing is okay. So there's been a bit of controversy, like. I'll say over the past probably like year or so with like J.K. Rowling. So she comes out and says a lot of um, kind of wayward stuff. 
she basically said, this is a while ago, she basically said that like a transgender woman's not a real woman in so many, I'm paraphrasing, but that's basically what she said. And apparently she's releasing a book about a um, serial killer who, I think the serial killer is a man who dresses as a woman. Um, so people are quite like angry about that. So I wanted to know what you guys thoughts might be. Like, what's up with J.K. Rowling? Like, what's her problem? Yeah, it's it's a, a, a strange one, isn't it? I mean, I don't, I've not really been following it too much, so I don't know what she has, the exact things that she said. Um, I know in the past she has come out in support of the trans movement, but you sort of have to follow up those sorts of claims with, you know, other kind of actions. Um, Has she supported the trans movement? Well, I mean, she's kind of voiced support for it in the past, but it seems like whatever she's said recently has sort of undone it. Um, Mm. I mean... I thought her past stuff was the stuff that is the stuff that people are grinning her about. I don't think it's very much past per se. I think it's like literally in like the last few months or last year she's been saying a few few wayward things. She's basically just a rich woman who just thinks whatever she says she'll get away with. And that's pretty much it. It doesn't matter if it's right, it doesn't matter if it's wrong, it doesn't matter if it's stupid, but she'll just say whatever she wants because she's a fucking millionaire. Yeah, I mean, it's not directly related, but when, you know, it was a few years ago that she sort of said that, oh yeah, I wrote Dumbledore as, as gay. It's mm. like, well, did you? Or are now you just sort of capitalising on, you know, something that is now more in the kind of at the forefront of culture? You know, was she jumping on? Yeah, exactly. Well, she, That's did she do that with Hermione? Oh, she said Hermione can be any race. Yeah. Yeah. Which again is a great statement to make, but it it was it's sort of like you know if you reread Harry Potter with it in mind that Dumbledore is supposed to be a gay character, is it obvious through that? You know, I mean it, it's sort of like yeah you're saying the right things, but again your you know your actions aren't necessarily backing that up. Um, mm. I mean. I don't see any problem with a major character in a children's book being gay. So just if he's supposed to be gay, write him as gay. You know, yeah. don't just after the fact be like, oh, yeah, he was gay. Just to kind of win more fans or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I think with her latest book, you know, you know, if, if it is a, a man dressing as a woman to commit murders, then that's, you know, a little bit problematic, especially, you know, in this kind of day and age. Um so yeah, she's not I helping herself. I, was, I don't think people would mind as much if she hasn't said what she said already. Now that she said that, it seems like there is some sort of agenda behind the plot of the book. Like, exactly. That there was a regular guy in this book who happened to be a crossdresser who was going around killing people. I don't think you. Well, you might think twice, but you would. You wouldn't link it. Be able to link it as strongly as you can now because of because of you know the attitudes he seems to have about transgender trans. Uh, transsexuals and stuff like that mm. and it's a shame because and maybe it is just the way people report on things but she's such a high profile figure that it doesn't seem to be too many high profile figures that as kind of pro trans publicly 
it, it, of her stature compared to her presumably being anti-trans, if that makes sense. Mm. So there's more furore around the negativity of, you know, she has made anti-trans comments rather than another author saying, you know, being lauded for being so pro-trans. So it's, it's a shame. I mean, maybe that's just the way the media reports things. They're always focused on negativity. I'm sure there are loads of kind of pro-trans writers and people out there, but they're just not getting the headlines, unfortunately. Um, yeah. So, yeah. And then you also... Did you, say, did you say the thing about the Harry Potter books and Hermione? Sorry, I yeah. couldn't say it. Yeah, you just said that. Okay. Yeah, and also, you, yeah, then you get people coming out. You know, I think Daniel Radcliffe's sort of come out and sort of said, you know, her comments aren't great, and you know, trans women are real women. And then you've got other people. Like I think Robbie Coltrane, who plays Hagrid, has come out and said, "Oh no, she's not um, transphobic." So, like, mm-hmm. well, it's one. It, you know, maybe she's not inherently transphobic, but some of the things she has said has been taken as transphobic. It's like this, um, I don't I know think, if you... I think, there's a time, I think there's a time where you can have an opinion and there's a time where you can actually, like, scrutinise something in a harmful way. And I feel like she did the she did the harmful thing rather than voicing her opinion in a more diplomatic way, I guess. Mm. And it's like, I don't know if you're aware of the reason controversy around the Marseille PSG game where one of the Marseille defenders Alvaro um, was has allegedly racially abused Neymar and then Neymar kind of retaliated and then got sent off um, but like the club Marseille have come out and said oh Alvaro's not racist it's like okay so you're calling Neymar a liar or are you saying Alvaro is not racist but he may have said a racist thing you know, it, it's sort of like, you know, Neymar's now being kind of villainized for acting to something that he heard. And it's, again, you're sort of blaming the victim there. It's like, oh, so, yeah, it's a tough one. I mean, she should, you know, JK Rowling maybe just needs to think more carefully about the things she tweets and how they might be interpreted. Um or taken by certain communities, you know. Yeah. Fair need enough. More, need more positivity. I've got something positive for you. Okay. Michelle Rodriguez confirms Fast and Furious 9 is headed to space. <laughs> Didn't we know this already? I thought we knew this already. <laughs> I think it was just a rumour. Uh, well, mate, Mission Impossible's going to space as well. But they're That's... actually going to space. Yeah, uh, apparently... Uh, apparently, um, no, what's his name? Who's the main one in Mission Impossible? Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise, apparently, and NASA uh, spoke, and there was a, there's talks of him going up to the space station to film some scenes or something. That is sick, if he does that. Apparently, that apparently. I mean, it makes maybe more sense for like a spy to be in space rather than a drag racing gang. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it, they are li- they are literally self parried parried parodying, aren't they? Like Hobson Shaw was just vibes, and yeah. Fast and Furious Nine is just bants. You know, it is. They've literally probably just looked at every stupid comment that's been on Twitter and been like, "Yeah, we'll adapt that." I mean, do you think Vin Diesel thinks it's shit, or do you think he just thinks 
it's good, or do you think he's just doing it for the money? He's 100% just doing it for the money. Money. I mean, I think he's 100% doing it for the money. It will probably be very entertaining. Yeah. You know, they have successfully pivoted this franchise from what was essentially like an urban drag racing film into a heist, into kind of spy kind of action, you know. They've done really well, and they all make a lot of money. And every time there's a trailer release, A, they get longer, and B, you're like, how the fuck do they top this? <laughs> You've got the rock punching a torpedo. <laughs> so now what's he going to do? Literally. Uh, I will watch it. I would definitely be one of those kind of... You're part of the problem, mate. I am. I'm feeding... I'm giving them the, the dollars to make the new one. But, I mean, if they go to space in number nine, what the fuck are they going to do for the number ten? Go to an alternate reality. They'll race God. Maybe yeah. they'll do a temporal pincer movement and go back to the beginning. Maybe. Oh, fuck that. <laughs> um, no, but um, what's it? Um, uh, I can't remember. What was the last movie about? Uh, <laughs> I'm, not sure. I'm not sure I watched it. You did watch it. We watched it together. It's oh, not okay. the one. It's, was it the one where... Um, oh, where he finds out he's got a son, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen Hobson Shaw. Yeah, okay, cool, cool, cool. Oh, he's he got a son. Oh. God, they so were blurring into one did, for me. When we did the podcast, you gave a massive spoiler away by saying, basically, you basically said that he's got a son. But yeah, anyway. <laughs> Who I did? You did, yeah. Oh, sorry. I mean, I, I don't care. Know, I don't even remember <laughs> that, to be honest. Um, was that the one where Jason Statham's brother gets killed? Uh, no. No. Oh. Jason Statham becomes a good guy, essentially, at the very end of it, and saves the oh. baby. That yeah. they have a fight on an aeroplane. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. They have a fight on the airplane, and he keeps saying he keeps going up to the baby like, "Oh, you're all right," and then he carries on the fight. Yes, yes, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. They're all much of a muchness, aren't they? But I'll be interested to see what number ten does. Um, I mean, other film news. Um, the guy who is in Lovecraft Country at the moment. Ages. Um, Pardon? Jonathan Majors. Jonathan Majors, thank you. He has been cast as, allegedly cast as Kang the Conqueror in the MCU to make his first appearance in Ant-Man 3, which, interestingly enough, has actually not been confirmed yet. But Peyton Reed, who is the director of the first two, has basically said that he's returning for it. Um, And then this casting news was announced. So it's interesting. I mean, Kang the Conqueror, I don't want to claim to know anything about him. But he seems to be a big bad villain and um, interesting that presumably he'll make his appearance in Ant-Man 3. What do you guys think of that? I can't believe Ant-Man 3's get, Ant-Man's getting three films. <laughs> they just I'm, got I'm, to have a trilogy, mate, haven't they? That, that's going to have about five films, mate. They're going to keep rolling that one off because it's a quick, easy money grabber. Yeah. It's, like yeah, it's a palette cleanser, isn't it? No, it's not. <laughs> it's like all shit. <laughs> I don't like it. I'm not a fan. Fair enough. I think it, you it's know, not even the it's... fact it was shit. It was just fucking pointless. Mm. Yeah, I think it's it's not a bad way of one of these minor films to introduce kind of a big concept because it does get people to go and see it, doesn't it? Like 
you know, Ant-Man 2 was like, oh, the quantum realm. It's like, oh, shit, I've got to go and see that now, so I understand the quantum realm. Um, so it's maybe, you know, a clever marketing ploy. Mate, but, um, the, the Avengers don't even actually explore the quantum realm. They literally just click in and out of the quantum realm. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, there's sort of presumptions that Kang will kind of be a, a bit of a mainstay beyond ant-man 3 so it it sounds like they're not expecting kang to be defeated in that film and maybe will become sort of like the thanos of the next phase um which would be interesting i wouldn't i'd be interested to see that obviously the mcu is going a bit more cosmic isn't it with um uh the multiverse of madness um captain marvel 2 you know things like that so yeah maybe they need a bit more of a galactic villain um do, i mean chris you you read a few comics um i don't know if you have any knowledge about who kang is and put you on the spot a bit there sorry i think i'm not sure who he is to be honest um sorry i was just eating so i'm mute them um i thought Sorry. I thought he was a little a little alien head inside a big machine. I, I swear he was in like the, the Spider-Man series when I was younger. Isn't that Modoc? Oh, it might be, yeah. Right. Then, this is... no, I, then no, I don't know anything about him. This is what Wikipedia says. Kang the Conqueror is a fictional character. Oh, shit, fictional. Okay. Uh, the character is most frequently depicted as an opponent of the Avengers, a time-travelling entity... Several alternate versions of Kang have appeared throughout Marvel's titles over the years, including his respective future and past heroic selves. Uh, rated as the 65th ah, rated villain. I heard a thing that said he was the, like the descendant of Mr. Fantastic and Doctor Doom or something like that. I don't know if that's true. Okay. Uh, Wikipedia yeah, says... Nathan- his name is Nathaniel Richards Kang in Earth 6311. He has no superhuman abilities, but is an extraordinary genius, an expert historical scholar, and master physicist specialising in time travel. He is armed with 40th century technology. Cool. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah but he, so, but he is, his, his name is Nathaniel Richards, a 31st century scholar and possible descendant of Reed Richards, yeah? Okay, cool. And becomes fascinated with the Technology created by Victor Von Doom. Mm. I don't know if you said any of that. I couldn't hear. But... No, but yeah, sounds. Yeah. He kind of reminds me of like, um, who's the guy who steals planets in D- DC Universe? Um, yeah, he kind of reminds me of that that look, that vibe. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Mm. Um. So I mean, it's it's good that we're getting a bit more info about the future of the MCU. Um, it seems like I feel like we've not had any news for a while, which is obviously kind of understandable because of the pandemic. But I think I need... they have started filming. Um, uh, they've started re- re- uh, shooting. Uh, what's it called? The TV show Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I think they've started reshooting that again. Oh yeah, I heard about this. Seems like things are in things are in motion. It seems mm. at least. Just in time for when my Disney Plus subscriptions were up for renewal. Classic. 
dangling the carrot in front of me. They tried it with Mandalorian season two, and I was like, nah, not that bothered. I'm still looking. I'm looking forward to it. But yeah, same. It's a I'll give one more bit of news quickly. Um, yeah, go for it. It's not news really, but I just found it really funny because it was really obvious. So Daisy Ridley confirmed that Ray's origin was constantly changing while filming the sequel trilogy, and basically they decided on in whilst they were filming the last film that she was going to be a Palpatine. Uh, I mean, it just yeah, it just sort of shows and highlights that they really didn't have a fucking clue what they were doing, did they? Shambolic. I mean, we should we should also talk about John Boyega, you know, oh, yeah. bravely coming out and basically calling Disney out for, like, marginalising his character, which is true, you know. Especially the second film, like, Rianne Johnson was just sort of like, nah, I'm not bothered about you. Yeah. I mean, I think- he, he should, I think he should have got a bigger role in the second and third film. I feel like they deviated his role in the second film yeah, a lot more. And I feel like because they went the Palpatine route, I feel like it. I feel like it's all main character was always Ray. I feel mm-hmm. with John Boyega's character as the secondary main in my eyes. But I feel yeah. like because of because of the path they went, he was always gonna. Be, I feel like he was always gonna become the third main. But I never thought he would drop down as much in the third film. If that makes sense. Because the story is Ray and Color Ren, isn't it? In the third mm. film, that's pretty much the story. So they're always going to be the pivotal. Yeah, and the second. So, like, they're going to be pivotal characters, but I thought he added an extra something to their dynamic, and I feel like they really ru- they ruined it by that kiss at the end of the second film. And I think from there, they must have a, they must have had a different storyline they wanted to take it, and it just flopped. I mean, this just it's just poor planning, isn't it? They announced a trilogy, but they clearly didn't have an arc for the whole three films. Mm. Um, you know, to the point where they allowed so much creativity creativity freedom from each director that they could basically just scrap each other's plot points um and you know they there was a big missed opportunity here for you know a traditionally very white centric film franchise to you know explore avenues of diversity and they're sort of building it up to seem as if Finn would become a Jedi and then he just didn't really become anything in the end. It was just sort of, yeah, like really sidelined. And um, it's a real shame um, that just that that kind of third trilogy just sort of went out in a whimper, really. Mm. But, you know, he, I love he's... That. I was going to say, I love that now that he's like... Um done with Disney he just says whatever the fuck he wants about Disney I find it really funny <laughs> yeah it's good more people need to start calling this bullshit out really um, and obviously you know semi related you've got to praise Ray Fisher and Jason Momoa for sort of calling out the mistreatment that they experienced mm. uh, um, you know whilst working on Justice League so yeah it, I feel like actors maybe feel a bit more empowered now to talk out about these things rather than fear of like you know never working again or being kind of rejected by film studios because of what they say um and i guess whilst we're semi on the subject of diversity and equality um the oscars 
uh, announced that um, for the 94th Oscars, uh, no, sorry, 96th Oscars, which is in 2024, uh, to qualify for Best Picture, a film must meet two out of the four the following eligibility standards. Did you guys read this link that I sent through? Yeah. Okay. I read so most of it. I will briefly summarise. But So there are four standards. Standard A is on-screen representation, themes and narratives. So to achieve this, a film must meet one of the following. A lead or significant supporting actor, at least one of them is from an underrepresented racial or ethnic group, including Asian, Hispanic, Black, African American, Indigenous, Native American, Alaskan Native, Middle Eastern or North African, Native Hawaiian or other Pacific Islander or other represented race or ethnicity. Uh, at least 30% of all actors in secondary and more minor roles are from at least two of the following underrepresented groups, women, any of the racial or ethnic groups mentioned just now, LGBTQ+, or people with cognitive or physical disabilities, or who are deaf and uh, or hard of hearing. And the main storyline or subject matter is centred on one of those underrepresented groups. The B standard is a f uh, creative leadership and department heads, two of the following uh, must be from underrepresented groups, casting director, cinematographer, composer, costume designer, director, editor, makeup artist, uh, writer, and other um, job titles. Um, and at least one of those must be from one of the underrepresented racial ethnic groups. Uh, at least six other crew, team, or technical positions, excluding production assistants, are from an underrepresented race or ethnic group, uh, not limited. Uh, include but not limited to first assistant director, gaffer, strip supervisor, etc. And at least 30% of the film's crew is from the underrepresented groups. Standard C is industry access and opportunities. Uh, both criteria must be met. Paid apprenticeships and intern opportunities. Distribution or financing company has paid apprenticeships or internships that uh, include uh, that are for underrepresented groups. Uh, major studios distributors are required to have substantive ongoing paid apprenticeships inclusive of underrepresented groups in most of the following departments production development physical production post-production music vfx business affairs distribution marketing and publicity uh, and training opportunities and skills development for crew um, for the underrepresented peoples and then standard d is audience development uh, representation in marketing, publicity and distribution. The studio and or film company has multiple in-house senior executives from among the following underrepresented groups, women, racial ethnic groups, LGBTQ+, uh, people with cognitive or physical disabilities or who are deaf or hard of hearing. So it's quite an exhaustive list. So of ABCD, to qualify for best picture in 2024, a film must meet two of those standards. Um, so, I mean, to me, that sounds like a great first step. Um, I say first step because obviously that only applies for best picture at this moment in time. But as the most arguably the most prestigious award, um, you know, studios will have to kind of work quite hard um, to make sure that that's, you know, if they want to be eligible for this picture that they meet in those standards. Uh, what do you what do you guys think, um, having you know, having read and what you understand of of this announcement? Um I 
I think, yeah, like you said, I think it's a good first step, and I think the idea is uh, is good. But I think I said to you uh, that I feel like there are like some subtle loopholes that they've put in this in these criteria. Because I think what my example was that technically you could um, you could center a film, you can say this film is themed. This is the theme is about women. The theme is about transgender. The theme is about Hispanic, black, whatever. But you don't technically have to have any. You can then you could say do that. Have the theme about a black person, for example. Then hire some black people for apprenticeships and have no black people in the film. That's what it's. That's what it seemed like to me. And yeah, that could be problematic. I would hope that people wouldn't. I should not. I say I would hope. I imagine that quite a lot of production companies will take advantage of that. Yeah. Um, and I get that you can't just. Uh, you have to give options i think you can't just go in like like zero to 100 and say yeah this many people gotta be in this and you've got to do this and there's no no room for leeway but mm-hmm. i am curious to see come 2024 uh how many of these films actually uh adhere to those standards in a way that me personally <laughs> i would deem acceptable i know i'm not the gold standard for you know representation and whatnot but yeah i don't know yeah i mean yeah the cynic in me thinks that there will definitely be loopholes and i mean um, you know, just kind of facetiously, you could have a film such as Black Panther, but say instead of Chadwick Boseman as Black Panther, you had Matt Damon, right? It would it would meet at least thirty percent of all actors in secondary or more minor roles are from, you know, racial diverse groups and women. So that ticks that. The main storyline or subject matter is about, you know, African culture. Tick. So arguably you could say that it maybe meets standard A, but the main character yeah. is Matt Damon, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, or you could have a film about, yeah, like transgender issues and it could be full of, you know, people from that community, but then Steven Spielberg's directing it, you mm. know. Uh, so I think it's those key things. It's, it's, you know, it could quite easily be undermined by having, you know, a straight white cis male as the director or something like that um but i think it is that's why i said it's a first step isn't it because i think yeah. there's definitely going to be films that fall between the cracks or cause debate because you know how far it meets something or or what um but i think it's certainly a step in the right direction or it sounds like it is i mean obviously the proof will be in the pudding in 2024 um, and I think also what's, it's great that they've got a lot of stuff focusing behind the scenes. I think also what's important is, you know, certainly for an audience, is actually what is seen on screen. Yeah. Um, so if, if they meet all of the standards for behind the scenes stuff, but then what you're seeing on screen is still kind of white men, it's not really, that's not going to change an audience's um, attitude is it so mm. i think it's positive um and then maybe the, intention, the intentions are good i think yeah and it may be kind of in the following years that this will become the standard for any film to be eligible for an oscar because um, mm. again you know you might get films um featuring mostly white men made by mostly white men and they'll just be like Do you know what we just won't qualify for the best picture but maybe we'll win all the other awards mm. you know best director best actor best supporting actress 
things like that. So, yeah, it's a bit of cynicism there, but I think it's 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 a good first step. Um, I like um, I like the the part about the I quite like the part about the apprenticeships. I think it's quite I think that could be like one of the keys to you know starting up maybe like a new generation of people from different backgrounds who can then like rise up in these companies and become like eventually become senior executives or you know whatnot whatnot i think Mm -hmm. getting people like that in the door i think is a good is really good first step to because even though maybe maybe not in our generation maybe a generation from now you have uh, a load of people at that level you know like the i don't know the spielbergs and whoever whoever else who are like you know women transgender latino black whatever whatever Mm -hmm. yeah definitely like you said it has to change from within sort of doesn't it yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I think it's positive. Um, yeah, so we'll see who wins best picture in 2024 when we mm. do our annual Oscar special. Yeah, when, when we do our 600th episode, <laughs> when we're all do you not feel, in our 30s. Do, do you not feel with all of this they've written like, like too much stuff? Like, I not that I think I think all of this should be in movies anyway. Do you think they've written so... I, like, I agree with Obi, like, I feel like they've written so much so there's loopholes. Yeah. That's why they... That's, I, I, think, I feel like, like it would have been such a more simplistic list which would have done just as much stuff. Yeah, mm. like... Don't want to make it too hard. Yeah. <laughs> I, think yeah it's, I, know, I know. I think it's important to, to list what they consider the underrepresented groups. I mean, there's quite a, a large list of underrepresented racial group not kind of worldly enough to know if there are any notable emissions from that um but yeah i mean it is an exhaustive list but also like i said it's open to manipulation because so standard b for example creative leadership and project team to achieve this the film must meet one of the criteria below and the criteria is either creative leadership and department heads or other key roles right Uh, or overall crew composition so for example if the let's see if the set decorator and the hairstylist are from underrepresented groups right say one of them's a woman and one of them is deaf then that film will meet that standard which to me suggests you could have I don't know I can't think of what the whitest film example would be but um, I don't know say like a war film because they tend to be about white men you could have a war film but as long as the hairstylist is a woman and the set decorator is deaf then that film meets that standard and as long as it meets one of the other standards it can uh qualify for best picture so yeah i think it's definitely open to um scrutiny and i think what will also be interesting is it's like there's bound to be a really big film that everyone's like yeah it's going to win best picture and then maybe it falls down on one of these things and doesn't isn't eligible like that will be the real test of this criteria is the ones where are you know it's it's six or one half a dozen of the other because i we don't know 
as audience members how this is all being evidenced you know and if the evidence submitted is correctly kind of married with this i mean how do you accurately show that 30 percent of your crew composition is from underrepresented groups you know considering thousands of people work on this um it's gonna be really hard uh i think for for it all to be evidenced um yeah and i think yeah like i said the real test of how strong this is 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 seeing those films in a generation's time where it's the directors and the writers are from these underrepresented groups and also the films that aren't eligible because they don't meet this criteria does anyone want to say anything else about this uh, announcement no not really i'm curious to see what's, what's going to happen well, i suppose we have to wait four years yeah yeah, I'm, yeah, just, I'm curious to see if it will work, or what will happen, or who, who will who will go under the radar as not done, not have done it. Do you think they could have like made this eligibility thing sooner? I mean, four years. Why do you need? Because um, the project's not, in the motion in motion right now. Maybe. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not too mad at it. To be fair, I'm not too mad at it because yeah, like Chris said, there's already stuff that people have started filming, started production, blah 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 blah. I feel like you got like history tells us that things take mad amount of time for people to progressively change. And I know this is only the film industry, but it is. I feel like they've all got to get on board with it. And I think it'll take some people a different pace to others. Mm. No, no. Yeah. I think, I think, I think to be in 2020 and not have something like this in place already is absurd. And I feel like it should have been done anyway. But yeah. here we are. At least at least they're looking like they're making an effort, I guess. I mean, I was watching um, the Umbrella Academy and uh, I don't remember any of their names. Who's talking Al- about? What's Vanya's sister's called? The one who says, I've got a rumour. Alison. Alison. Ivy, mate, you are sick with the names, mate. What the fuck? <laughs> when she's talking to her husband and she's like trying to convince him to come back to 2019, um, and he's and he's like, yeah, but the fight's here, and she says the fight's still going. It's not changed. Mm. And I was like, shit, <laughs> that is deep, but it's also true. You know, 40, 50 years or so. Um, yeah, so things do change at a glacial pace. But yeah, hopefully this is. On, on the step towards that. Um, on the subject of Umbrella Academy, I'm pretty sure I'm like eight episodes in and barely anything's happened. Just a bit. I'm pretty sure. Wait, eight episodes in? Isn't isn't the series only ten episodes long? Yeah. <laughs> I think I think what you season one or two? Two. Yeah, like they try and tell the story, each person's story of their time being there. That's not why I'm watching a superhero show, to be honest. I know it's not your typical superhero show, but I don't know. I think last season I just found more entertaining, even though I wasn't super up on it, because at least you had like Hazel and Charcha, and they were at least interesting, you know, their kind of rapport and their, you know, like villainous escapades. Whereas these Swedish blokes, just boring. Mm. I interesting thing is, I enjoyed the, like, the, the character stuff. To be fair, 
um, that's I think that's why I like it so much because I because I like the characters. I just like seeing them develop. I like seeing them talk about like I like seeing them interact with each other and like how they talk about like their past, how growing up with their dad affected them. Like, I think there was that one bit where um uh, where they go. To, I don't know. I'm sure it's in the first eight episodes where they go to see the dad and like I think uh, Diego is just having a massive go at him and then the dad just fucking shouts at him basically and it turns him into like a a whimpering little boy and he starts getting his uh. His, his uh, starter back again. Stuff like that. Yeah. Enjoy. Yeah. I just sort of thought there'd be more of a more of a, an actual plot. There doesn't seem to be much of a thread. I mean, the first episode I was sort of like, oh, okay, it's going to be a let's stop JFK's assassination. And then they just sort of, you know, every now and then they mention it. Um, and then there's always this mention of another doomsday, but not really doing too much to try and find out you know, how it happens you know and i'm just sort of like eight out eight episodes in can you explain something to me so in one of the episodes is it the first episode where they're in the light they're in the middle of a fight and then we never see that fight again oh my have i made this up because it it doesn't happen because it doesn't happen okay that that was doomsday wasn't it that was when the future so that don't happen okay cool 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 yeah, I mean, hey ho, I'm almost at the end now. Um, I'll keep plugging along. But on the subject of superhero shows, uh, the boys are back in town. Um, Amazon's delightfully gory and sweary supervillain show, superhero show, um, anti-hero show. I don't really know how to describe it. They're all they're all kind of horrible people, aren't they? Um, so yeah, what what do you guys think of the first four episodes of season two? And um, you know, uh, are you enjoying it as much as season one, Chris? Uh, no, I'm not enjoying it as much as season one. If I'm honest. I think it's been a little bit of a slow start in terms of like storyline. However, I feel like the latest episode has shone some light in a direction of a interesting storyline okay do you want to elaborate a bit more what storyline do you think have we we all seen all four right okay so like obviously at the beginning we have the oh my god he has a child and oh my god she's still alive i still have the massive exclamation mark or question mark on whether she was raped or she had sex with him i don't know if that's been she said she, she said she was raped did she yeah in the fourth episode Oh, I, I thought she didn't actually say the word. No, she did. So I thought, I, so I, oh, okay. I looked out for that as well, but yeah, no, oh, she did. Oh, okay, then maybe I missed it then, because I thought she was proper, like, don't, like, I thought she was proper weaving in and out of actually saying it, but okay, so she was, all right. Well, he's an asshole anyway, so we all knew that it was, like, it was, it was a high possibility that could have been a thing. I thought it was interesting to see how he's trying to become, like, the father figure. Because obviously none, no one likes him and he wants to be liked. You're talking about Although Homelander? Homelander, yeah. I thought it was an interesting <laughs> dynamic. <laughs> when he pushes his kid off the roof, that was so funny. You know, yeah. Really funny like, in the trailer, they show him floating. So I yeah, thought he'd the, fly. Obviously in the fucking show, he just fucking hits the floor. Hits the floor, yeah. <laughs> I thought it's quite cool. I think it's quite interesting to see, like, obviously this this grown-up man who's got all these powers and, like, has been told pretty much what to do all his life and is now taking charge as kind of, like, 
got to immerse himself into a world he's never like really thought of before. Like in series one, he looked at the that baby as if it was nothing, didn't he? Like that that woman's child. Didn't she have a child? She well, yeah, the baby jealous. Yeah, like jealous and like why it's almost like why do you love this child and not me? Kind of that's that's how I perceived it. And now it's like oh now he's got a now he's trying to love a child and the child isn't really giving him that love back. Or if he is, he doesn't really know how to do it. Because obviously the kid's like, I don't want to jump. And he's like, well, you can fucking do it. And just when he pushes him, you're like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I actually kind of was hoping the kid didn't have powers because I thought that would have been fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah, like Romlander would have been fuming, wouldn't he? <laughs> I mean, it's also curious oh. that um, obviously it was, an, it was revealed that all the superheroes are only so because they had compound V. But then it's also interesting to now know that there are legitimate born superheroes because one of their parents had compound V. Um, yeah, but so so they all so that so, so if your parents have a compound V, who whose parents had compound V and made them into a superhero? His son. Oh yeah, sorry, yeah. Yeah, yeah, true, uh, true, true. I mean it's interesting, the actor Anthony Starr, he actually said that he thinks Homelander's the weakest character on the show because he's like he's physically really strong, but mentally he's so weak. Like he's always sure. seeking validation and power. Um, True, but he's always got. He's he all. He's a guy who's very. He's very well resourced. Like obviously that lady, I can't remember her name. The one who was more. Uh, she's like, his like girlfriend vibes in the first series, but not so much. Huh? Green Maeve. Yeah, yeah, Maeve. Like. Obviously, like he found out about her relationship, and it was kept secret all this time. And then all of a sudden, he just spills the beans live on air. He's very immature in that sense, where he instead of negotiate, he kind of just says whatever he needs to to get out of a quick, uh, to get out of a situation kind of thing. Yeah, no, yeah. Like, like Ben said, like he is like mentally, he is so yeah. fragile. Like even when he was um in episode four, when he's watching Stormfront take all this adulation and it's driving him crazy yeah. because he's not the center of attention. Like he's literally just a man child. Mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's kind of I think it's kind of cool how they've done this dynamic because in the first series, he he you kind of thought he had all the power. Like I know things were going wrong, but he was still top dog. Now it's like, hold the phone. Who's this? Who's this person competing for my power? Yeah. And I'm still I'm still not 100 percent sure what her power is. Who knows? She, uh, yeah. she seems to have a lot of stuff. Yeah. She's just on and crud. She, like, yeah. like she she kind of backs down from him, but I feel like she's playing an act. Because if if it is yeah. the same person who killed um that that woman's dad, was it that woman's dad? In that like, 50 years ago, and she hasn't changed her look, then she has some serious powers. Yeah. She's a bit of a White supremacist, isn't she? Oh yeah, and that, yeah, (laughs) and that. (laughs) Fuck it up. I think think, like she's just things. I find it. I think I think episode three when she just starts fucking killing bare people. I was like, she's moving so reckless. Like Homelander is reckless, yeah. But I feel like he's a bit more tactile. Like if he's gonna kill a load of people, at least let it be in a plane where no one can like verify your story. Get that with her. She just decided to destroy a whole block of flats, and like anyone can unhinge. Literally, and yeah, so she, I still yeah, thought, 
I thought it was kind of funny when um well not fun well yeah it was funny when um the they're in they're getting the woman's got a new recruit for Homeland and he's like oh, oh yeah that's pretty cool that's pretty cool yeah 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 and he's like what happens if you do and he claps or he hits his ears and he make basically breaks his <laughs> breaks his ears I or whatever think, ability he has. You don't think that was like a slight dig at Daredevil? That must have been. Probably. Yeah, what did you think? Probably. Oh, I didn't even yeah. think about that. <laughs> Because you're actually kind of useless. <laughs> like, if I destroy yeah. it, you're actually useless. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. I thought I thought they were going to be quite inclusive, of like, a, you know, a character with disability, and then they were like, nope. I was like, oh shit, okay. Does anyone is anyone getting a little bit tired of Giancarlo Esposito turning up in everything as the villain? I like Who? him. I lie. He uh, just turns up in every every. Who? Oh yeah. He's he in the Mandalorian. He's in this. He's it's just is like he's a villain, like man. Yeah, he plays the role well. He plays it really well. It's just sort he of like, play... oh, you sort of know he's going to turn up somewhere, isn't he? I think it's funny, like, because obviously, home, I think it's episode one, Homelander come in, started, like, trying to give it the Billy Big Bollocks, and he literally just sat him down and was like, yeah, shut the fuck up. Like, <laughs> literally, we, we can, we'll be, we were here before you, we'll be here about you, know your role, get out of my office. I thought it was pretty funny. I kind of want to know who's the owner of the company, because he alluded to someone else being the owner. I think he's talking about the founder. Yeah. yeah, I don't know who I've it got is. a feeling I've got a feeling this superhero could be this, this new woman could be the was it Stormfront? No, not Stormfront. Is it Stormfront? Yeah. Stormfront. I, I've got a feeling it could be her or someone related to her. I feel like I think I think she might be related. Yeah, I reckon it's something related. Like maybe she's his his the guy's daughter or something like that, I reckon. Yeah. But I can see that happening. Or even yeah. Because they were talking about um <clears throat> excuse me. They were talking about how uh, uh, Giancarlo Esposito's character was saying how uh, Vought was uh, was founded in during World War One, I, I think. I think they uh, so or World War Two maybe. So I'm thinking maybe she and she's obviously a fascist, so maybe she's related to some sort of like Nazi vibes kind of thing. Maybe she's from the Nazis back then, and she's lived all this time that sort of thing. Am I Probably. am I making it up? But didn't they say they sort of changed the name to make it sound a bit more friendly, US friendly? I've no what? idea. I might be making that up. Change I'm just thinking, name? like the name Vought. of the company, to Vort from something maybe a bit more Germanic. Mm. I'm wondering, maybe because Vort I mean, it'd itself be, it'd... sounds maybe a little bit Germanic, but mm. yeah. I mean, like I, I think, do you know what I like? I actually quite like that um, they changed the character to, f- to a female because in the comics it's a male character mm, uh, as um, Stormfront, is it? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think she's smashed it so far, like. Yeah. She's like, she's so, she she seems like nice and innocent to Starlight, is it? Yeah. And then like to everyone else, she seems like a complete arsehole. I get kind of like uh, Loki vibes from her, as in like obviously she's a villain, she's a piece of shit. But I kind of like her as well. Yeah. <laughs> Mischievous, isn't she? Yeah. <laughs> and like I feel like um, one thing I quite like about this is the fact that her being here has kind of like you can see that she's most likely going to be like the main villain or at least the secondary villain so that it allows Homelander's like his personality to unravel a little bit and you can see like maybe well maybe uh, in the fourth episode like a more vulnerable side to him obviously he's got that doppelganger guy to pretend to be um, oh that was so weird yeah, that, that was mad I was thinking like because when I was watching I was thinking like she's definitely dead so what the fuck is going on and then he was like when he changed back <laughs> changed into the old man he was like change back right now <laughs> Yeah, but then he changes into himself. 
Yeah. I thought that was so mad when he did that. I thought that was so like clever to get into his head to do that. I yeah. just thought, shit, That's man. Big... Like, I was thinking maybe that was a big play. What when he when he um changed into Homelander? Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking maybe like um that was kind of him because he says to to the guy, "You're pathetic." But I'm assuming he's talking to like himself, saying, "You're pathetic." Yeah. And it's yeah. him trying to like kill off any weakness that he feels that he has, and now he's just going to try and be like super evil. But mm. um, I, I reckon we're going to end up root, rooting for Homelander in some. Oh, capacity. Don't, I don't want to. I don't want. That'd to. be so funny if we did. You know, that'd it's be just so funny. To remain a but a knobhead. Um, I think it's going to be Homelander because Homelander might be a lot of things, but as far as I can tell, he's not a fascist or a racist. I correct me if I'm wrong, but this woman clearly is. So I reckon it's going to be him. Him. Uh, Homelander versus Stormfront at some point. God, lesser of two evils. I feel like I'm kind of, this... I'm kind of, I'm kind of confused on why A Train didn't rat out Starlight. Because um, she was going to say he was been um, a, a compound V addict, and that would ruin all his sponsorships and whatnot. I'm not. I suppose, but he's out of the top seven now, isn't he? Yeah, obviously now, but obviously beforehand. Yeah, but like, what what I'm saying is he could have in that meeting with. Homelander being like, oh, by the way, Starlight. Yeah. I mean, I think Homelander seems to think that she was the one that released the information anyway. Um, yeah. True. I feel I feel like a lot of the supporting Seven are not getting as much screen time as they did before. Like, yeah. I'm a little bit tired of the Deep. Wait, is there seven of them at the moment? It's like yeah. eight if you include the Deep. Yeah, so, deep, fuck, deep can fuck off. Yeah, deep I mean, fuck off. Queen Maeve isn't really getting too much. Um, she's quite sidelined this series so far. Um, Black Noir is just sidelined the entire series, which yeah. is a shame because no, I he was in much... an episode. Where he had someone's head cut off. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't really do or say anything there. I think to me, it's, it's yeah. getting a bit tired. Like, yeah, on. it's just sort of like he's a waste of a character. Like, either ex- I want to know, explore a bit more. Like. What is his actual power? Is he just good at like fighting? Um, why is he so silent? You know, I mean, there was one kind of little moment where he was sitting crying, and I can't remember quite remember why, but um, uh, found out about the compound V. Oh yeah. So I mean, obviously he's quite affected by that. I mean, none of the others seem to be too bothered that they were genetically modified as children. You know, I would have thought that that would have affected Homelander a lot because I thought that he would think that he was like God's gift. But then I to find out that he was artificially created. Yeah, then... I thought home. I thought home landed you as well. Oh really? Okay. I don't know. I was thinking. I thought. I thought he knew. I don't know. I can't remember to be honest. Well, I thought he knew because he was in that that facility for when he was younger, being trained mm. and everything. So I just assumed, or I assumed he even knew, or that it wouldn't phase him because he's been through such a shit childhood anyway. Maybe. I just also don't quite know where this series is going. Yeah, because obviously the whole goal of it was to less um, what's it called? Less uh, to find the woman and yeah, release the statement. Yeah, yeah. unless yeah about the compound V. Duh, 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 that's happened now. Everyone knows about compound V. No one gives a shit because of this because they planted the soup terrorist now. What, whatever, whatever. So like, yeah, now I'm thinking just like, Meh, what's going on? And to be honest, if I'm being dead dead honest, yeah, I don't I don't really like the the boys that that much. I'm being, I'm being honest. Like Frank, but um, Frank Butcher, <laughs> Billy Butcher, <laughs> Pat Butcher. 
Billy Butcher is obviously he's funny, like he's all right. Like I like his I liked his scenes with um Becca. That was that was pretty cool. Like Huey, meh. Mother's Milk, meh. Frenchie, meh. The other girl, I suppose she's all right because just because she's got superpowers, but she can't speak either. You know, I'm just a bit like, meh. I don't want these up to like do something to make me want to root for them because I'm not really rooting for them at the minute. Yeah. It's all, I feel like this series is a bit stagnant at the moment. Mm. I do I do mostly watch it for the creative way that Billy Butcher says the word cunt. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> I like, you know, and also quite like the, some of the just, sometimes you just watch it, you're like, what the fuck? Like when they drive that speed boat straight through that whale. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I thought like, oh. that was so funny, man. I thought it was so funny. <laughs> yeah, because the deep was like, proper stood on the top of it like, okay, they're going to stop. And then really realised they weren't going to stop. He, he absolutely shot himself. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I enjoy it, but I just, maybe I'm not quite as up on it as last season. Um, I, yeah. I, I feel like because it hasn't come out in one big go, I feel like I'm just waiting. I feel like I needed more episodes to begin with. I see what you mean. I, see what you mean, to be fair. But I, mean, I think this is, this is definitely a, a show that you can easily binge. And I think yeah. obviously we, used binge, we used to binging it. Now they've said, oh, yes, weekly. I think that's probably taken away from it uh, to a point. Like, I think you, if you did it so uh, last year, it came out weekly. And this year, you could binge it. Or if last year you could binge it and this year you could binge it, I think it would have been fine. But the fact now that we have to wait a week, I find it kind of, it's, this isn't the sort of show where I'm like, oh my God, this happened. I can't wait to what, what we see next week. Like I haven't had any moments like that for me. I don't know about you guys. Mm. No, me neither. And also, I think, again, because like the first series was sort of like all about Billy Butcher getting revenge on superheroes because he thought that they'd killed his wife. And then slowly you sort of, reveal a bit more about these superheroes aren't quite as heroic as you thought and then there's like starlight and she finds out that you know she isn't who she thought she was and maybe she's get disillusioned with the superheroes so that was quite engaging whereas this one doesn't quite seem to have that thread through it like Mm. initially i thought yeah it was going to be all right they're going to spend the series trying to release compound v or whatever and they sort of did that and it just like you said no one gave a shit so you know they've they want to find out who this Liberty is, and yeah, Liberty is Stormfront, but I don't know, there's there's not one main plot point that's like, yes, this is where you see it going, and so that's why you're keeping watching it. Um, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm enjoying it, but... Yeah, that's the thing. I'm still enjoying it regardless. The thing is, the thing that, obviously, I know, Glenn, you're not that very high on it, but the thing that, for me, Umbrella Academy has over the boys I think is the character interaction. Like I like the characters way more than I like the characters in the boys, and the interactions mean more to me than any of the interactions in the boys. I think that's the only thing that the boys lacks. I think is I don't care about the characters. I don't care about any of them. If I'm being honest. Mm. That's true. Um. Yeah. I think if you added that character development into the boys, it would be a much better show. Um. Mm. And I think maybe that's the point of it because this is supposed to be like going against the grain of all other superhero shows. And in most superhero shows, we do get you know close tight knit characters who we you know who we really like or we adore. And I suppose if this is going against the grain, then you're going to make characters who are all pieces of shit and you don't really give a fuck about. So you know, true. 
true. That is true. Um, well, both Umbrella Academy and the boys have renewed for season three, so oh, there's plenty more where that came from. Um, is there anything else you guys want to talk about, the boys? Uh, no, not really. I, I just want one thing is that I like how uh, they're making Homelander more multi-layered in terms of character. Like he's not just a bad guy; he's actually, you know, got other. Like he's actually a bit fucked up in the head, and that's why he's the way he is. I like that. But anyway. I agree. I agree. We touched very briefly on Jonathan Majors. Have you watched Lovecraft Country, Obi? Because I know that was something uh, that was you were looking forward to. Yeah, I've watched the first two episodes. Um, my internet has been spazzing out for like the past week and a half, so I haven't, <laughs> I haven't watched any more. But um, I, I've enjoyed what I've seen so far. It's, it's very uh, from what I watched the two episodes I've watched. It's very like it's a bit weird, uh, but in a good way. Okay, do you want to give us a non-spoilery summary or? Um, so what I have surmised so far is that it's set, I think, in the nineteen fifties, maybe, or maybe the late, maybe the forties. I think after World War Two, um, Jonathan Major's character Tick has come back from the war. Oh, is it? Maybe it's. Oh, maybe like, no. That's a lie. It's not World War Two. I think it's the Korean War. After the Korean War. Um, so Jonathan Major's character has come back from Korea. Um, he has been left a letter by his dad, who he doesn't have a great relationship with, saying he's gone to Lovecraft Country, which is basically um, like the Deep South and place like that, where in those times black people aren't welcome. Um, and he goes with his uncle and uh, a neighborhood friend on the search for his dad. That's pretty much, and he encounters a lot of racism and some weird, like spiritual. Uh, rituals as well and people who are like um, basically like a cult pretty much um, and yeah that, that's what I've got so far from the two episodes I think there's a bit of like, magic involved as well actually funny enough well I was going to say because I thought it was a reference to H.P. Lovecraft and he was uh, author of like horror and sci-fi um, mm. so I, I thought it was going to be a bit more yeah sci-fi but yeah. from what you've described it doesn't quite sound like that um, i think well the only two episodes i've watched i think there's the elements of like i would say more i would say it's more fantasy than uh in sci-fi okay. um, you know the you know the green book that film yeah um and obviously how that was about like which states you can go to and they write that in the book and da, 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 da. um one of the characters in the film tick's uncle he is basically doing his version of the green book and that's like plays a major part in the first couple of episodes um so yeah that was pretty cool and so you learn about things like sundown towns but basically if you're a black person and you're in a ta- certain towns like when the sun goes down they have license to kill you um so like, oh, shit. there was our oh, mate oh, i won't tell you because actually it's a spoiler but yeah okay but yeah i'll give it a watch um i'm gonna keep watching anyway so um yeah decent show cool all right um any any more for any more? Um, Kai. What's Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai. Oh. Cobra Kai. The, the sequel to... Um, oh, Glenn, shut Karate up, mate. Kid. We don't want to hear your bollocks. <laughs> all right, I'm going to... Let's talk about it, mate, because it's a sick oh, series. Go on. Go on. Right. Start us off, Chris. How have you not watched it, Glenn? How have you not watched it, mate? This is mental. Right. 
take you back to what twenty five years ago, thirty years ago. Thirty five years oh, yeah. ago. When when Karate Kid first came out, uh, I've forgotten the names already, but uh, Daniel and Johnny. Daniel and Johnny first meet, have a little fight, have another little fight, have another little fight, then have a big fight. Bang, film done. No, I'll tell you, that is pretty much Karate Kid, isn't it? That is pretty much Karate Kid. <laughs> no, but uh, all seriousness, uh, Cobra Kai, right, it's, uh, you see, oh, what's the name again? Did you say Johnny? Johnny, yeah. Yeah, so Johnny is not having the greatest life. A loser. Uh, he's a bit of a loser. He takes on all, all sorts of jobs. He doesn't seem to really care about it, to be honest. He, he likes drinking. He likes being a slob. He looks at his life sometimes and he thinks, what went wrong? Then he, see, then he sees a big billboard with his, with his arch ne- nemesis on it. The Karate Kid. Okay. And, uh, yeah, basically, it's basically like a redemption story for Johnny and how he's trying to get his life together and he helps out this kid and he basically becomes like almost a father figure to this kid and he starts his own karate dojo and basically um how do i keep forgetting the karate kid's name daniel daniel basically doesn't like the idea of him starting up cobra kai again and i really hate daniel uh and yeah what I think most mate, he's such a prick. He is <laughs> he is the ultimate prick, right? He never listens. He just assumes all the fucking time. He mm. he's about to go to Johnny to tell Johnny something, sees Johnny doing something, and he's like, nah, I'm not gonna tell him anymore. I'm just gonna think he's a dickhead. I'm like, really? Really? Unless I'm getting the two people the wrong way around. No, you you got it right. Yeah. What I like about this series. It shows Johnny's side of the events in Karate Kid. So you think it's all you think it's all like one line, it's linear, like Johnny's being a bully to Daniel. But what's really happening is he is well, he is a little bit, but he is, to be fair. But on Johnny's side of it is Johnny's having a hard time with his girlfriend, Daniel intervenes. Johnny's doing I don't know, did he get like dunked on? He got some water thrown on him by Danny at the prom or a Halloween party and Johnny's like well I don't know why he did that kind of thing now we could see this from two sides two two flip two there's two sides to that story it could be Johnny only telling half the story when he's re, re when he's looking back in his past or it could be that there are two sides to a story and that he did feel a little bit alienated when he was having a tough time which I thought was quite unique on the way they looked at the the series. So why why what's so good about so it? Are you two are so gassed? I think it's like I'm taking it for what it is at the moment because like it's a YouTube series, yeah, and it's obviously got a bit of money behind it because they got nice cars and they're doing. I think a lot of uh, I think they have must have a few effects and stuff in it and etc. But, like, I think it's quite good on how they've got to, like, the basics of the the karate. And, like, I think it's quite interesting to see how two sides um, perform their art. Like, one is very aggressive and, like, 
you you strike down your opponent first, you will win. And he's like, one of them's learning that maybe that's not necessarily the right route to go. While the other one's very um, calm and very, if you have these motions in your mind, you will then be able to interpret that in your in your in your karate. And then it's like he's also learning that maybe the the way that he learned wasn't necessarily the most the most uh, I don't know. It's uh, like it's I think it's very two two different dynamics being explored, and I think it, I just find it quite interesting. So it's know, more maybe, like maybe the, maybe the human can... side of it. Like there's like a relatability kind of not necessarily with karate, but with like. When the karate fights happen, I'm a bit like, this is just so over the top, it's unreal. Personally. So you're more watching it uh, for the character development and interaction. I think so. I may, maybe Obi can say something, it'll trigger me to think maybe I'm wrong here. Um, I pretty much agree with everything you're saying, to be fair. I think it's, not, it's always nice to see, you know that whole that saying, it's like, there's like one version of things, there's another version of things, and then there's the truth kind of thing. So mm-hmm. Karate Kid, we've got one version of things. And then Cobra Kai, now we've got the other version of things. I think it's up to us to decide which one we feel is the truth. Um, you've got, I think it's done, this show's done a really nice job of mixing nostalgia along with like introducing new characters as well. Um, there's a bit of teen drama in, in there as well. That's always good for me. Oh, I you think love the teen drama. Love, I love it. And there's this, I think there's stakes as well, which is evidently yeah. Well. But in the last episode, I think there's actual like stakes to this. I mean, it gets a little bit like Chris says, it gets a little bit OTT, um, but I think it's still uh, believable in my eyes. And I think, like Chris said, like you've got these two people who are now questioned, like who had pretty much like undying loyalty to uh, their senseis, who are now questioning whether or not this is the right course of action to take. Because um, obviously you've grown up believing this is the correct way to handle life. You've got Johnny, whose like motto at Cobra Kai was like "strike first, no mercy," blah blah blah. And then he looks at himself in the mirror, looks at his life, and he's like, "I'm a fucking loser." Like, and he thinks that maybe if the fight had gone another way, I'd be the one. So like, Daniel Lewis is like pretty rich, um, and he's got like his own like, several car dealerships. So he thinks like maybe if I had won the fight, I would be in his position, and then. You've got Daniel LaRusso, who's following Mr. all Mr. Miyagi's sayings, what, what not, what not. Um, and then he, because of that, technically, he kind of like runs into trouble with his marriage because of like he's getting himself engrossed in all of this. Mr. Miyagi wouldn't want us to, wouldn't want people to do this. I'm only doing what he would want, blah, 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 blah. And that fucks up with his marriage. So it gets two of them to kind of like uh, bash heads, but not in the same way that they did in the Karate Kid. Um, but yeah, I think I just think it's really I think it's really good to be fair. And I heard as well that the kids do their own stunts as well, which I'm quite impressed with. Um, okay. And then there's this one character uh, called Miguel who is uh, the the first student for Johnny's Cobra Kai. And in this version, you think like Johnny's the Mr Miyagi, and then uh, this guy Miguel is like Daniel, basically in the like an updated version of Karate Kid, but. The way the season goes, you kind of it kind of blurs the lines. It actually, Johnny, who's trying to change his ways compared to his sensei, is actually slightly turning into his back into his sensei. And this guy Miguel, who starts off as like the innocent, 
Daniel LaRusso Karate Kid, he's kind of turning into Johnny from the Karate Kid. So, and this kid's a really likable character as well, so there's conflict there too. So yeah, it's a good show, man. It's a good show. Okay. Well. Yeah, I also think, I also think um, maybe the reason I don't like uh, Danny's character is because I feel like he, he's quite arrogant. Yeah. And like for someone who's meant to be so zen and and like one with the earth and nature kind of vibe, he's very very arrogant and believes he's like his whatever he does is correct. Yeah, I think he's very smug. Very yeah. Smug. And yeah. there was one point where um, I think it might be the first episode, maybe the second episode, where Johnny has to come into his car dealership because his car's fucked up, and Daniel's there, and Daniel's like kind of like gently like teasing him about the fight which was like 30 years ago by now and you can tell that like it's getting under Johnny's skin but you can tell that Daniel's like means to do it like means to piss him off and like but he'll he'll present himself in a way that he's like oh he's just being really friendly I'm just joking da, da, da. so there are there are bits about his character where you're like oh actually this guy's not like the undisputed hero of the story Johnny's not the undisputed villain of the story like each character has their own flaws and their own uh, good traits as well like these characters are more nuanced than they appear to be in in the original films. Okay. I mean, I'm quite kind of ashamed to say I've never seen the original films, but I know at least one of them's on Netflix, so I might check that out. Yeah, give it a watch. Okay. Set this, this, the the follow-up ones aren't, aren't, aren't as good, <laughs> but the first one's good. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll add that to my list. Um, and, yeah. Um, I'm going to try and watch that film Devil All the Time, which has got Tom Holland. Oh, yeah. Um, That's got a good cast, I think, if I'm correct. Yeah, I think it's quite a long one as well. I think it was described as a grimathon, so I don't think it's going to be particularly happy, but it might be a good acting performance. So that's what I'm going to try and watch, and then obviously keep watching uh, The Boys every week. Um, What you guys, what's on your radars for the next couple of weeks? If I can be bothered, I'm going to go and watch Bill and Ted tonight. Even though I've not seen any of the previous Bill and Ted's, but fuck it. Odin passing it. The uh, trailer didn't entice me to go and watch it. I've seen the trailer, to be fair, so I'm going in blind. Fair enough. Good luck. To be honest, I I do want to watch that, but I don't know if I'll go to cinema to watch that. Alright. Just, yeah, keep watching the boys. Um... Tottenham yeah, yeah, I feel like there's something coming on Netflix that I really want to watch, but I can't remember what it is, so it doesn't matter. Anyway. Fair enough. All right, well, we shall reconvene in a couple of weeks, or a week. Um, I was going to try and unpick Tenet again, but... <sighs> fuck that. <laughs> it's, it's, it's still confusing, but still good. Um, and... Yeah, one, until Christopher Nolan comes out and explains it, I, th- I don't know if we'll ever know. Although there is that uh, former pod member, Christine, you know, she came on once. She tweeted to say it's not that confusing. I was like, what? Sorry. I think people who say that are just gassing, to be honest. <laughs> I think maybe, maybe they've missed the point of it even more. <laughs> I, think, I think the film is definitely at least a bit confusing. Like, I think if you to say that it's not confusing, I think, yeah, like you said, I think they've missed, they definitely missed something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fair All right, guys, good to catch up. Um, you can tweet us at YSC Podcast 17. 
usual socials at your average critics and uh yeah we'll chat soon keep it safe